This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A late goal against the Stags last weekend put a big, big dent in the Stags' playoff hopes. But with two games left to go this season, the question still remains, can the Stags defy the odds and make it an ish thrilling end uh, to what's been a bang average season? This is the Mansfield Muscles podcast, the show for the fans and by the fans. Because Mansfield always matters. I can't speak uh, tonight. Alongside me, Mansfield Nathan Edge is back. Evening. Uh, from where were you last week? Marbella. Marbella last week. I mean, should have stayed in England, mate. I can't believe that. I leave and England gets, well, Mansfield gets 26 degrees and, and Spain's 19. Like, what is that? <laughs> I wasn't impressed. Uh, Good holiday, though. It's nice. I found it hilarious. Simon Mercer's back with us as well. Evening. Uh, Cam Felton's here as well. Hello. And me. I'm here as well. Uh, get involved <laughs> with the uh, the show for the fans by the fans tonight. Keep your comments coming. I uh, want lots of you to get involved this evening. We have got lots to talk about. We'll hear uh, from David Flickcroft. We'll hear from CJ Hamilton, Alex McDonald, and from the title-winning, thrice title-winning youth team manager, John Dempster, along the way. But as always, let's start with Oddballs, the game which everyone loves Nate's favorite to hate. Uh, here we go. Uh, if you've been uh, on our Facebook page over the last couple of days or so, you will have seen our um, our Oddballs photo for this week. Fergus Bell, Daniel Alfie and Alex Fisher. You remember all those three, Nate? Yep. We're on to a winning start. It's going well. Uh, <laughs> I've all played for both clubs, but who out of that lineup is the oddball and why? Simon, any ideas? Uh, no. Never. I think I've got it, yeah. Cam thinks he's got it, and that's not because he's sat next to me and he can see the answer on, on my bit of paper. No, I've uh, got this ages ago. Nate? I think I've got it. Give me what you think would be your clue, and I'll reveal the answer later. If it's right, I'm not going to say if it's right, am okay. I? I'm I well, I, I don't know, because I'm, ne- I'm never very confident. Actually, according but, to this, there's no right answer. Well, yeah. <laughs> there is no, all, no right or wrong answer in this game. That's all right, then. There you go. But, Fine, that's right. Uh, so, I'd uh, cast a middle of that. Fergus Bell and Alex Fisher both came from overseas when we signed it with... Alfay was on loan from Swansea. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to say if he's right or wrong, but like I say, there's no right or wrong answers in this game. But you never know. Yeah. Uh, that's it, then, Nate. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, if you think you know, get in, uh, get in touch in the comments and let us know on that one. Right then, Nate. Let's start with yourself. Um, obviously, listening to it from afar last weekend with the sun beaming down on your face and. 
It was all going so swimmingly well until the last minute of the game. In fact, I I, I'm gonna, not going to say that. I'm going to say about the 65th minute when he took Digby off, but we'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit more in a bit. Come on, what did you what did you throw into the pool when you were when you heard that Port Vale scored and the Sanders playoff hopes was dad. over? Nearly through my phone. <laughs> <laughs> nearly through. I, I know. I was, uh, my, uh, my dad was even there, so I knew. Saying it Yeah, Emma nearly went in head first. To be fair, but um, I, I, to be honest, it was um, I knew it was going to happen because on eighty, I think it's about eighty-two minutes, something like that. We had a corner and we had two men in the box. You can't be doing that. You can't be going so defensive with with ten minutes plus plus injury time to go. It's just it's a recipe for disaster. And we got away with it against Chesterfield because we're against a poor side. But Port Vale are I mean, fair enough, they're still a relatively poor side, they're down there, but they've obviously got more than what Chesterfield had to offer and you could just see it coming. Can we just take a, a, a brief moment while she mentioned the C word, just to congratulate Agent Jack Lester on a fantastic job. Round of applause for Jack Lester. If you Chesterfield fans, those of you who've been at me on Twitter and uh, those of you who were at me on Twitter all those years ago, karma is a lovely thing. Enjoy your Tuesday night away trip to Dover. Carry on, Nate. Sorry. What a night Tuesday night was. That's all I can say. When you see that come up, we we knew it anyway, but when that comes up officially, Chesterfield relegated. How nice did that feel, I've got to say. But um, yeah, anyway, back to ourselves. Um, ah, It was frustrating. I think that's the best thing we can say in it. You know, we, we huffed and puffed throughout the game. We created a lot of chances. We wasn't really, uh, you know, deadly in front of goal at all. And we haven't been for all season, you could probably argue. So that was frustrating. We should have been further ahead but when we got that goal it was fortuitous the way it came but we got it and that didn't didn't matter how it went in but it was how we reacted afterwards and for a while Port Vale were for the taking but then all of a sudden tactics changed and we just went ultra defensive and that's not what you should be doing at home we should be going in no, you should be going to kill forward. teams off yeah. and that's what it's what Flitcroft said yeah. before the game yeah, well you know uh, in the press in the week he said he wanted to go and kill teams off well that that was not killing teams off Simon, <laughs> you know why I'm coming to you right now. Yeah, and do you know what? I fully agree with you. Why or why <laughs> did we take him off? Because he was arguably our best player on the pitch. He got man of the match, didn't he? Um, no, he got fans man of the match fans through yeah, social media. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean yeah. I, I didn't vote on that a million times yeah. to make that happen. <laughs> they give it Alfie Potter, didn't they? I, 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 don't get me get me started on that, but I think on the Digby situation, obviously we always laugh on the show and we always talk. We've always spoke about him, but it came in at right back. We yeah. were a little bit dubious about that when we were talking last week. But what and a job he, he did! To be fair, to start with, his first couple of moments were a bit dodgy, but then he kind of grew into game sort of thing. And like we say, he was arguably our best player. So I don't know why on earth he took him off. Unless he got an injury or something, but I didn't see any like, indication to the bench or anything like that. And I don't know if you noticed, but after the game, he sat on the bench on his own with his head in his hands. And there was like four or five of us and we were all shouting him. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't turn around and we were all shouting him because I was going to tell him to lift his head up because he'd done well. You know, and and stand up, and you know, yeah, you know, because he, he did do a job for us when he were in. I had a, an argument with a, with a fan uh, who was sat <laughs> behind me. I won't say argument. I said he, I'd say heated debate, which I won. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, about 
the Digby performance and the substitution. Fair enough, you bring Melis on, who's an attack-minded player, mm. but if you... And you are taking off a defender. When you do that, straight away you're thinking, right, we're going to change the system here and we're going to go for the game. Cam, as an independent person who's not spoken yet and who's listened to, to me and Simon talk about Digby... I wasn't did... even at the game, so... <laughs> Why are you even here? Yeah, get yeah. out! Get out! He <laughs> <Get laughs> was well, yeah, all right, fair enough. But um, listening, as, a, yeah. as, a, as an independent, as an independent person, the stags for me didn't change the system. If you're going to bring an attacking person on, you would expect for a defender. You would expect, would you not, for the system to change? I was saying you'd expect the team to be a little bit more pressing, a bit more forward on the pitch. But if you just is this is it just used a sub for the sake of it? It wasn't. The system didn't change. No, it, was, it, was, it stayed at four foot. And then what got, got me as well? You've got if it was an injury problem, you've got Paul Anderson sat on the bench who's played right back, who can play right back, and who can play attacking right back. It puts Will Atkinson, the central midfielder, at, at right back, who's not really played yeah. there. And for me, that opened up no end of gaps. Mm. I was very yeah. concerned by that. It was a very odd one why he did that. To be honest. Uh, yeah, you, you'd at least yeah. You brought an attacking midfielder on, which is great. But like you say, you, you'd at least change the system and go for it, sort of thing. But the amount of chances we had on Saturday, we had enough to win three games. It was it was frightening. Let's go through a few of the comments, uh, and then uh, we'll carry on talking about the game on Saturday. If you're watching on the live feed tonight, facebook.com forward slash MTFC matters. Get your comments in. Get involved with the show for the fans, by the fans. If you're listening to the audio version of this, where were you? Thursday? Ish. 6.30? Ish. Ish. You were waiting for me to say the 6.30, weren't you? Uh, and if you've enjoyed listening Ish. to the show, or you enjoy... Probably. If you've enjoyed Ish. listening... <laughs> I'm going to kill him at some point. I don't think I, I don't think I can stomach a summer of this. Um, if you have enjoyed watching the series and you've enjoyed listening to it, please, please, please make sure you stick around and uh, go to the donation link on our Facebook page as well and get involved with that. More on that in a little bit. Let's go through some of these comments coming in thick and fast uh, tonight. Let's go to the very start of these. Uh, Anthony says, uh, yes, gutted after the goal, but we need to win at the next two games uh, and then a trip to Wembley and to get through the playoffs first and get into the playoffs before that as well. Uh, Liam says, not good enough. Uh, Flickcroft needs to go. Um, Anthony says, good end to an, up, an up and down season. Uh, Jamie says, yet again, we were trying to walk the ball into the net. Liam says, can't just blame Evans. He's had the worst start a Mansfield manager has ever had. Uh, and Anthony says, but if Flipcroft goes, we have no manager, give him a chance. Then we appoint a new manager um, and, and go for that. It's simple, simple logic. Uh, Callum says, evening lads, uh, felt so bad for Digby when he got taken off, was our best player uh, and everything just went downhill when he came off. Uh, the only way I would have uh, agreed with Digby being taken off is with him being replaced by Anderson. Roger says, the league table does not tell lies. Unfortunately, we've not been good enough up front. It's as simple as, as that. Uh, Shelley says, we were talking about Atkinson. Uh, so do you, do you want to predict what she said? Well, uh, is it, you know, is it... This Atkinson, it's Atkinson related. There's no bleep to require. Oh right, okay, go on then. Uh, Atkinson can't play anywhere. Full stop. Uh, ben says all this talk about if we make the playoffs, even if by some miracle we make it, can we seriously beat teams currently in there? We've won once in eleven games against the team who is now bottom and now relegated. Uh, and uh, Paul asks. 
uh, would like to know where Curl is going. Obviously, Keith Curl has uh, announced today that he will be leaving Carlisle United at the end uh, just, of this season. Just picking out the right comment there. that Ben made about the miracle of getting into playoffs. We've took four points off of every team that are currently in the playoffs. Exeter, under, 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 under Evans. Under Evans, fair enough. It's still the same players, though. And that's what really bug- is bugging me about the Flitcroft situation because it's not always down to him. It's the same players. Fair enough, it's trying a dif- little bit different way of playing, but if they can't play that way, then they just. If we knew the I answers, disagree with that. It's, it's, if it's, we knew the answers to like every footballing thing oh, that went yeah. wrong, we'd be England manager. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, football manager are looking for researchers, so you know we'd be there as well. You've got a point though, Cam. We have taken points off every team that's in in the playoffs, but would that be enough to to get us through? Because you know, as you say, it's. I said, came back to you and said, yeah, but they were all under Evans, and the players seem to have a different mentality under Flitcroft than what they do, uh, what they did Evans. So I, I would question whether we'd be able to repeat our success against those mm. against those mm. clubs. I seriously think that because the only only sorry, sorry I mean the only what? team in the playoffs, you know, who we have played under Flitcroft would be Notts County, and it was a one-one draw, and we were diabolical. Really, Luckily, we just yeah. got, got we very were lucky. lucky to get that. Yeah. Sorry, you. So, uh, uh, no, do you know what? I forgot what I was going to say. Old age, mate. Old age. <laughs> I was, was going to. Yeah. I was going to slightly disagree with Cam's point there. I mean, you had a point. I'm not going to obviously dispute that, but the thing is about this whole same players. And the manager, the different. Uh, you sort of can look at like you say the players are say like a, a the, you put all the players together and it makes a race car. Now the manager is like the mechanics, you know, on on race day who make the slight changes of you know which is like the tactics and and how they set up the car. So the the cars going out, it's still the exact same car. They've got the same pieces, but it's being set up differently. And now before it was performing, and now it's not, and it's being set up wrong, and pieces aren't putting being put together right. And it just feels like that. You can't. We we'd lost like one game in some like twenty something games under under Evans, and now we've lost. Well, we lost four on the bounce, didn't we, or something daft like that? And we have, you know won one in eleven. It's just this. It's not good, really. And I I don't. I think in some ways I agree with Ben. Even if there was a miracle and we get into the to the playoffs, I, I don't fancy us to even do anything in those playoffs. No, I I agree. If, if if we get into the playoffs, I will run around Mansfield naked. <laughs> Not oh, please, no. He said it. 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 He said Keeping scrolling through the uh, comments. <laughs> Somebody's watching in the other room has just caught up. Uh, Chris says, Flitcroft should have not have substituted Diggers. It should have been Potter. The players blame themselves, not the gaffer. Uh, John says, uh, can I say, if you look at it, the players are the same which Evans got in to suit his way of playing, not Flitcroft as his wit, as he, as he, I can't make sense of that. <laughs> this is what happens when you read comments blind. Uh, not Flickcroft uh, with the players just not used to playing his style yet. Um, answer and the answer is in that. Uh, Paul says, wonder if Evans is now regretting leaving Mansfield. Obviously, not particularly done what he went to uh, do at Peterborough. Uh, John says it was uh, his team to suit his style of playing. That's what he's trying to uh, say. Um, 
Paul says, we'd like to see Dempster involved with the first team next season. Um, we'll talk more about that in a little while. Obviously, third successive title for him later. Uh, Anthony says, good point. The manager cannot take all the blame. The players have been asked to play like their lives depend on it for the next two games. Uh, Roger says, lots of comments coming in tonight. Keep them coming in, guys. Uh, Roger says, lots of chain, uh, chances to put the game to bed against Port Vale. <coughs> The Danny Rose header summed it all up. Mm. Having said that, they are still in with a chance, albeit a slim one. Uh, David says, not good enough to be in the playoffs would be an embarrassment if we if we, if we we did uh, manage to, to get in there. Um, Jamie says, uh, sorry Jamie, I missed this uh, at the start of the, the show. Uh, Jamie asked in the comments, uh, um, what do you think uh, to Carolyn Radford's outburst? We're going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, we'll get David Flickross' uh, reaction to that uh, as well. Um, uh, and Rich points out as well when we're talking about the playoff teams as well. Uh, apologies Rich, because she's absolutely spot on uh, that we did play in Lincoln under Flickcroft too. Uh, and Anthony says, is... A- if, as you say, we have a miracle and get in the playoffs, I will also run around uh, Mansfield naked. You said it. Have a you, said it. Right you can't take it back. I've read it out. It, it, it's happening. Uh, by the way, I will not. It was a lie. <laughs> I've got a reputation to uphold. Uh, well. And a, court, and a court order for last time. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh, the Radford's outburst then. Uh, Nathan, you we were talking about this in the car a little bit yeah. earlier on. You missed the first one, so let's clarify what happened. It all started with a gif from Carolyn after the game on Twitter with the hashtag uh, current mood or something along those lines um, and it was a gif which just said you're all fired when you saw that Nath, uh, when you uh, saw that sign because you didn't see it Nath uh, what was your reaction to it what did you think I, oh, well I don't know whether it was just a little bit tongue in cheek sort of thing mm-hmm. you know just a bit of a, a, a joke but then then it's she the danger out. of social media, though, isn't it? Things that, can be so important. And the heat her, of the moment. And her, as you club. said, Nate. Yeah. Yeah. So you you don't know really how to take it. If, if that's the case, as she was serious, then. I mean, it'd be me great per- if she meant it towards the, to the management staff. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to me, to do it on social media, it, it's like you say, it's a bit dangerous of the position that she's in. If she, if she did mean it. It wouldn't be the first time that she's done something. No, like it that. wouldn't. To be, be honest, and to be fair to her, I know she listens to her and John listen to this. She will admit that. Yeah, and she will say that, and she, and you know, rightly so. It is the heat of the moment, but mm. you've got to be careful, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. You you just got to be careful what you do and things like that. But in regards to the rallying cry and things like that, your life depend on it. I mean, if if you was, I'll ask you guys if you was a if you was a football manager. And you come to watch Mansfield? Would you honestly sign any of those players? Depends which Mansfield turn up, isn't it? You know, and it depends on how you look at them. in the last in the last eleven to twelve games. If you base it on that, then no. But you can't you can't you can't ever base players just on their current form because you've got players in that squad. You know, Xander Diamond, Paul Anderson. There's so so many players that have been in championship winning teams. So, I'll say I know he's not done much recently. Um, Danny Rose is other. You're lucky you were one of the most formed players in the country. You were banging in goals left, right, and centre for mm. us. It was McDonald that people have come and in and Mac- made big bits, yeah, aren't they? Exactly. It's, mm. it's, it's the swings around about football, I suppose. Sometimes, but so. she's saying she she wants them to play for contracts and things like that. 
But it's like, if she's saying that, you know, then other teams are going to be thinking, well, if she's saying that about them, then surely they're not good enough to play for Mansard. And it just sends the wrong you know message, I, doesn't it? Yeah. It sends the wrong I, message. You see what I'm getting at, sort of thing. It sort of puts a bit of pressure onto the players as well. I think that's the big part of it, isn't it? That's what the big part of it is, isn't it? It's, it's the chairman and the CEO coming out and saying, look, we need you to step up now. We need you to step up for the fans. Mm. Let's read that full statement then. Obviously, Carolyn put the gif on and then the meme, same thing. Of, of she, the should have done it. she should have done it like 12 games ago. Well, <laughs> yeah. um, and both Carolyn and John posted exactly the same um, statement after uh, about an hour or so after that. Uh, this is the one uh, I'm reading from, from John's profile. I am massively disappointed by the outcome of today's result, and that describes it lightly. Apart from family and health, time is the most precious thing in life. And it is time, along with a substantial amount of money, which Carolyn and I have invested into our club this season in abundance. To see our se- season now pan out in such a fashion is disheartening for us. We have a minimum of 180 minutes of football remaining, and I expect us to play like our lives depend on it. We have rebuilt our club from the ashes. Everyone can see the time and finance invested in every area of our club and we are immensely proud of the developments we are making off the field. That time and endeavour must be matched to its absolute maximum in these next two matches. We have worked too hard for anything else. Thank you for your support. For me, reading between the lines, that is win both games and give it a go or leave. Mm. And that's not just the manager that's the players as well I'll yeah say, no I, I agree with that Craig they, they've I got a, they've got a point to prove now they've obviously we've been through the rough patch if they want to be here next season then they, they've got to play for it and I, I mean that that statement can't be for like a few of the Stags players because people like this is as a collective you know as, as a collective as a team then yeah but like it's difficult when you've got and I know a lot of people are going to probably say something about this. When you've got Keane Emmings up front, running his legs off, putting it 100% in, and like people like Paul Digby, who's come, in, come on for 65 minutes, and put, even though he's only been on the pitch 65 minutes, he's still put a shift in. You know, it, it's you can't have a one-man team sort of thing, and the, it's, it's like the other 9, 10 need to kind of pull together sort of thing exactly they need to all take the collection you know yeah I know Digby Digby and Emmings you know they're they're part of that team sort of thing so like it's it is directed at them as well but the amount of stuff that Keane does you know he, he he runs the line fairly he runs the line really well up front um he don't stop running, he creates. I mean, I, I was a bit disheartened by a, a, a chap at back oars because he, he claimed that Kane Emmings were playing like a 90-year-old man on Saturday <laughs> and the guy sat next to me and were like, is he watching the same game? Mm. He's like, he's one of our best players and it's like, I know. And then when he... Co- I when thought he... that about the sponsors who picked Alfie Potter as man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> but you might not have thought Emmings were decent on Saturday. I thought he had a good game. I think, but, he, he, you know, he, everybody's opinion's moment. different. And then when he got took off the same guy, actually were like calling him names when he yeah, was coming off. And it's like, he don't need that. Otherwise, he's, he's not going to want to 
I mean, I don't the majority... ever get the point in something like that. Yeah, no. So I see, it's like obviously what Jaron and Carolyn have said on Facebook. We need to be getting behind the players, and we've done that all season. And fair enough, it's not been. We've had a, a bang average season, like Craig said at the beginning of the show. But it's we have still got a chance. Whether people want to admit it or not, we've still got a chance of getting in them playoffs. The, the we've thing- just got to keep working and we've got to just keep supporting. Because if we win on Saturday, then we need a big support for the last game of the season. But, but when you've got niggly comments like that towards players as they're coming off the pitch, that's not going to help mm. at all. I mean, do you I, think something? Sorry, so go on, basically. Do you think something's happened um, that we don't necessarily know about? Because that that statement from John and, and, and Carolyn sort of reads to me like they're really let down by someone or a collective in a group, like whether it's players or whatever. They're really let down. I mean, we know they were, they were let down by Evans, but obviously we we'll put that to the side. Have, this is something after that. To me, it seems like that. So I said they've been really let down by something, and they're miffed and they want it to stop. It's sort of like them yeah. supporting someone outside to say, "Get your act together." And it might only be aimed at a small group of them, but I feel like the players would sort of look at that and they'd know who that group is, and it's sort of as if to sort of like, even though it's directed at everyone, because they can't name individuals, because that just obviously couldn't happen. But it sort of feels like it's a really strong message out to the certain people that they know who they are. As if something has gone off. It's like and sort your crap yeah, out and yeah. get on with it. Sort That's of sort of thing. Like, it sort of feels like they feel let down and they're giving out a message to sort it out. Certainly. So, I mean, there's clearly something in there as well. I mean, I read the statement and I immediately thought that Monday morning would see a little bit of um, uh, a news come out that Flickcroft might, his future might be in danger. Um Imagine for a second if you were him or you were a player reading that. What would your reaction be if you went on social media and, and saw... First of all, you saw the gif and then you saw the statement. Would you put two and two together in the heat of the moment, in the emotion of the moment, um, and think, my number's up here? Um, Possibly. I mean, I know I keep going on about him, but if I were Kane Emmons and I saw that, I'd be like, well, hang on a minute, that's... That can't be aimed at like me because I'm the one that's putting like hundred percent in. It must be about you know. It must be about so and so and so and so who's got this riff. That's a bad thing. It reminds me a little bit of like being back in school and uh, one of your friends putting on status saying, "Oh, I don't like, really don't like this person," but they've not named it. Yeah. And then they're sort of thinking, "Think it's about oh, you? Who is it? Is that about me or is it? Is it that person?" Yeah. That, it seems quite childish and. I, I hate to say it because obviously I, you know, I love everything that John and Karen have done, but I just don't think it was a very good thing at all to part there. And I say it, start, it could start asking those questions between players, could start wondering between themselves yeah. what's going on. It's, it's hard to say because we don't know what the players know. They, they might know more than obviously what what we know. Um, so it's hard to predict, isn't it? But you could, if they don't, if it has just come out of the blue for them as well, then they're going to be wondering the same sort of questions that we're asking. Well, let's find out a reaction from within the camp. Let's find out the man whose head would have been on the, the chopping block potentially. Let's hear the reaction of David Flick, of David Flickcroft to that statement. Here's what he had to say about it a couple of days ago after he'd spoken to the chairman and had that conversation. They've obviously been in Dubai and, and I've had uh, a lot of chats with them uh, about, you know, 
sort of different contractual things with certain players and and the planning aspect and uh, you know and strategy chat. So you know I've been communicating with them over there. I spoke to uh, the chairman yesterday, and uh, and we had a chat about the statement. And you know when I actually strip it down and, and what they spoke about, his frustration from obviously conceding a late goal and, and probably what happened at Lincoln later on as well. And and I understand that frustration. You know we, we're all feeling it. Um, but you know the reason I signed for this football club was the passion of uh, of the chairman and Carolyn, and that that passion that they've had for for this project, and and you know the money that they've thrown at it over an 18 month period. Uh, you know the the money that's been thrown at this project has been has been incredible, and uh, and their passion's been you know uh, outstanding. You know, so I do understand the frustration and disappointment. Um, I share it. Um, but I've only been in the job six weeks, so you know they've. This is something that for seven years they've been trying to drive progress for this club, and and the ultimate aim, you know, um, is promotion. So uh, yeah, I totally understand the, the frustration. It's David Flickcroft speaking to uh, the club earlier this week. If you want to watch or listen to that full interview, mansfieldtown.net forward slash I follow. Um, listening to that, a few things which I was scribbling down. Uh, first of all was the, the, the very start when he was talking about contractual things I've, I've spoken to him about contractual things uh, which that could mean his future it could mean players future but the other one and I think this is actually the the highlight and if you go to the, the root of the statement this is what it all boils down to a little thing called money if you've spent say X amount of money on something and you're not getting your money's worth out of it you're going to start to be wondering why aren't you and that's probably going to play on your mind because you've made an investment of which you've been hoping to see a return on and if you're not seeing a return it's a deflating feeling isn't it and I guess is that what's at the real heart of this do you think? I think the honour return that John and Carolyn have particularly had this season is the, the money that the FA Cup <laughs> really so obviously we had a decent cut run, but other than that, we're not. Doesn't look like we're going to get to where they wanted us to be, and it's it's a money spinner when you go up, and especially for a club as as uh, of our size, we're not the biggest, but we're not the smallest either, and that could go a long way because it's a, it's the budget for next season. Some of it, some of it goes into the running costs, some of it goes into the youth team, and it all it's all just spread out across the club. But it's like. They'll be disheartened, like they said. But as they they are already thinking about next season as well, thinking about contracts. And where's that going to come from? It's more money again. Everything's mm. they've put in so much money and they're just getting nothing back for it. But they've got to keep thinking ahead. Do you fear um, that next season there'll be no budget? Because he mentioned there. Flickcroft mentioned there the money that they spent over the last 18 months or so well the last 18 months or so is the Evans era uh, so Evans has obviously clearly got them into to invest and you look at the players he brought in your Andersons your Diamonds your Murphins who's probably on one of the highest wages but sat there mm. crocked and played about 12 games all season those sort of players who are costing the club money and not getting the return for it because the return would have been League 1 football they're going to have to be playing in League 2 again I fear there'll be no budget next season. I fear it'll be a whoever's in charge. It will be a, a hands tied behind the backs sort of season. Or sell one player to get another player in, sort of thing. Yeah, sell a sell a Danny Rose yeah. to get a, a conference player who scored a couple of goals and who might do something, who might not. Yeah, that's the that's the worrying thing. I, I just the thing with Carolyn and John. They they feel deflated because. 
let, let's face it, I know we, we keep going on about him, and like Nathan said, he, he's, he's been and gone now, but they were, sold, they were sold something by Evans, you know, we were going to get League One football. We, we, we'd have wrapped it, you know, he, according to Steve Evans, we'd have wrapped this up by now, we'd have been League One, we'd have been promoted, there'd be no questions asked, but he decided to up and leave, and I think what they were thinking was, they'll get somebody in, not upset the apple cart too much and we'll carry on playing like we have been playing and it'll just carry on and to be fair the lads have they've got a different style of managing where any they only had to breathe in wrong direction with Steve Evans and he'd be down on you like a ton of bricks whereas with, hey, what do you think you're doing, breathing? Yeah. <laughs> he's not done that for a while, he's got even worse. Oh, well, I say, I'm out of practice. I'll set him up there, you see. You, you did. See. <laughs> well done, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, let's have a look at hey, some more what? of the comments. No, uh, no, you'll see, I'll say that. Uh, let's have a look at some more of the comments coming through on the live feed. Lots of them to get through. Apologies if I missed any of these. Loads of them coming through. Uh, Callum says, I think it's now a case of whether Coventry slip up in their last two games. I think they've got Morecambe and Stevenage. Don't think they'll lose against them. Uh, looking at a bit of paper, they have got Cheltenham, Cheltenham, Cheltenham away on Morecambe. Saturday and then Morecambe at home on the final day of the season. Uh, Paul says, if Stags lose the last two, uh, does the manager's job become untenable? Quick yes or no. Nathan, if the Stags lose the last two, I, I would even go as far as to say as don't win the last two, even two draws, um, would his job be untenable? He's got to go. Simon? Yeah. Cam? Yeah. The arguments don't lie. Um, <laughs> John says, I stick by what I said, wrong players for this manager for this manager's gameplay, but the old firm should stay, definitely like your Pierce's and your Bennett's uh, and things such as that. Uh, Roger says one thing I've noticed: uh, CJ getting a great cross into the uh, into the box penalty spot area, but the front men are not in the right position to go for goal. There never seems to be a man running onto that ball. Do they need a midfielder that runs into the box for this cross? This happens a lot. Uh, Anthony says I think John really feels every game just like all the fans. Well, he is a fan, really, isn't he? When you think about it, mm. uh, he is trying to inspire the players and play the next two games like a cup final and a possible uh, six points. Of course, this does not mean we will qualify, but. Uh, uh, we can we can we can uh, if we give it our best shot uh, Alistair new commenter on uh, the podcast thanks very much for joining us new name which I've seen pop up um, says Coventry away to Cheltenham on Saturday then home to Morecambe should have never have come to this but we need Cheltenham to do us a favour but even more we need to put in a professional performance at Yeovil or it's all academic Shelley says the Radfords have to take some blame. They let Matt Green leave, not control, uh. not controlled Evans spending, or or said you are staying to the end of the season. Uh, rushed at Flickcroft. Slightly disagree on the Matt, Matt Green thing. I mean, this is an argument that I could have all day. Yes, he's probably proved me a little bit wrong in terms of he's getting he's getting the goals for Lincoln. But we talk about players not fitting under David Flickcroft. Matt Green didn't fit under Steve Evans and. To be fair to Matt Green, he will always be a club legend and I look forward to hopefully welcoming him back uh, in the summer for our little thing. More mm. on that later on. And I'll never say a bad word against him. But, that said, at that particular time when Matt Green left, it was all becoming... as it is a little, or It has done a little bit about Rosie in some points. It was all becoming about a one-man team. It was Matt Green FC, not Mansfield Town FC. And I think for that reason, that was the right decision to let him go at that point. Mm. And... and. I think Matt Green flourishes when he's playing with Matt, Matt Reed. Reed. And mm. there it is. Yeah, I know what he's 
There it is. Don't, don't say that word. In I know. <laughs> How but rude. Yeah. It's, it's, it's but, by the way, you, you can read comments from Connor, so I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, continuing with some of the other comments, which are loads coming in tonight. Uh, Ian says another new commenter. Thank you very much for getting in touch, Ian. Uh, unfortunately, some idiots who know nothing about football other than what they've learnt from FIFA fo- uh, follow the club. Got to stand by Flickcroft, and we must get Hammins permanently. Uh, Anthony says I disagree I think John is not uh, saying any player is at risk he says he wants a great end to the season don't read too much into it uh, John says Radford is a local guy who is totally committed to Mansfield and the club uh, and, belie- and believe that with time we will be with them if all the town can support them too uh, John he also says some uh, clear out may be needed um, Mark says, what do you all think of Kerr coming back? Uh, one of the best managers we've had. Open to your thoughts uh, on that. Uh, let's quickly go round. Obviously, announced sort of earlier this afternoon that Keith Curl will be leaving Carlisle United at the end of the season after a couple of seasons there. Probably he sort of shot himself in the foot last season by not delivering delivering it. Would you take Curl back, Nath? Nath. Yeah, I would. What, what happened here was... For his reasons for leaving, it's history now. Everything's different at the club, so um, he was frightening to think what Curl would have done with Radford's as the owners, isn't it? Instead mm. of Haslam, oh, absolutely. That's, that's why I think so. <laughs> Sorry, but, but <laughs> I think what I like about Curl is well, he's been he's been at Carlisle for many years now. Has he? It's been it's been three or four. I think probably, it's been th- I think it's been three and a half four. So you know, he's he's quite a loyal manager. Uh, you know, to to Carlisle, and they've been loyal back to him, which is uh, important. So, um, you know, I, I think that's probably where we need to start looking. Yeah. And to be fair, sorry, sorry. To be fair, um, Carlisle, Carlisle, whilst they've sort of been in and around the playoffs, and sometimes they've had sort of dropped off towards the end of the season, they've had to sell the best players because mm. they've not got a budget. Mm. And with his hands pretty much tied up there, he's still sort of kept him as a top 10 sort of team they're always difficult to, to break down and beat he bought, he, 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 he's quite professional at his job as well he, he, when he first came to Mansfield you know he, he put them on a massive training regime and things like that and the players couldn't cope with it to start with and you know he made us he made us a good team to be honest so yeah I'd, I'd welcome him back to be honest and you know I'd, I think he'd get us up as well Cam was it slightly before your Full time watching yeah. Keith, the Keith Curl yeah. era. Sort of like following it from the outside, so I didn't particularly know what was going off in the games, but well, that's always the results. But well, that's the sort of time where I was starting to go sort of every single game and week in, week out. There's players we had in that squad, I mean. Yeah, but I'm only a babby compared to you, lot. Well, that's it. I mean, the, yeah, it's quite funny. I actually found an old photo of you the other day when you were about 40. It's a di- di- different well, sort of thing. You should have brought it on. I, I, I forgot. Maybe next time. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the one that's in your window, is it? No, that's the August Almighty thing. That's diff- Forget about it, that's different. Thing. Um, it says beware. Yeah, <laughs> beware of this man. Um, yeah, the curl. It'd be an interesting one with, with Curl because he's, you know, he's. Not really done too much in terms of Ghana success in terms of taking a team up, mm. but he's consolidated. Always had sort of a, a bit of a budget. He did relatively well with with Notts County. You know, he's been in and out of the game. Carlisle he did relatively well with. You know, when he sort of left Stags and went to sort of Chester as well, he did, he's always done all right, mm. hasn't he? With maybe with a bit of financial backing and some hungry, experienced players, maybe we could sort of you know put that demon to bed and and, and get through a playoff. That's the thing. I know. Yeah. Obviously, we pulled them to pieces when they came here on not New Year's Day, day after that. 
but we pulled them to pieces. But earlier on, back in September, when me and you made the long trip to Carlisle, they were by far one of the best teams. Flying, weren't they? They were fantastic, and it's mm. it's amazing what Curl can do on a shoestring, essentially, compared to some teams in the league that Carlisle don't actually have that big, big of a budget. And to be fair, I think he's got unfinished business at Mansfield yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm. I see, this is the thing that... Um, thinking ahead now to sort of what's going to happen after the season obviously the season is done and obviously we, we, you never know what could happen but what I'm slightly concerned about is is massive changes within the squad like I agree some players need to go and, and we need some in but not like last season we can't be no. having 10 or 12 or more changes I, I, I just think that'll be like starting all over again I don't think it, it's, that's necessary I think we've got we've still got bags of ability and quality in that in that squad it's just having somebody right to assemble it and, and just find those little finishing factors like a goal scorer and little mm. things like that. Well, I say little, that's a big thing, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm scared about losing a lot of players in the summer and starting all over again. I don't want to see that happen. Hey. Interesting comment uh, just come through on Facebook whilst we were talking about the, the Flickcroft situation. Why you, you were saying that, Nath? Uh, Gary says also keep hearing about Flickcroft needs to be given a summer and bring his own players in not sure what people expect to happen with the current players who are on two year deals on big money would you take Anderson on 4k per week we don't know if it is 4k a week let's be fair on that mm. but um, yeah. in a word yeah because he's one of the the best players at, at, at the club he's not getting a look in under Flickcroft he's a leader so, he's versatile he, you know, he plays so many positions he, he'd be one of the first I'd, I'd, I'd have back at the club well, not back at the club but you know on the Sheets for next season. And he's got a great beard. Let's not forget <laughs> that. And he's a friend well, of the yeah, show. Definitely. It's not a coincidence, though, that Nathan and Guy Dog Huston sponsor Paul Anderson's away shirt. No. Yeah. I'm not just, not just saying it. Just how, was it <laughs> how was it there today? Nathan? It was good, actually. Let's um, fill people in, obviously. Today was the um, uh, shirt sponsor day, sort of sponsorship lunch, is that right? Where yeah. the players, so shirt sponsors met with the players, had a bit of lunch and had a chat. Fill us in. Yeah, well, yeah, say so. I because I've sponsored uh, Paul Anderson for well, myself and Gary Hudson, obviously, uh, sponsored uh, Anderson for the away games. Um, and yeah, we, we we went in at eighteen sixty one. Sweet, um, Paul Island and the team, you know, put on another great event. Uh, very nice food and you know two cost meal, which was which was great. And didn't then, see him bring any of it back for us though, did you? That's yeah, there's there <laughs> no, no left of that. I can tell no you. No loyalty. <laughs> no loyalty. It was lovely, but um. You know, it was, uh, well, so we had a photos and, and and all that, and and a really good chat with um, you know with some of the players afterwards, which was which was nice to have that opportunity really. So um, yeah, it was, it was a good day, um, and you know, to be fair, the the sort of um, togetherness in the group, it still seemed like it was there. It was it's hard to say because obviously they have to sort of look like that when they're coming in, uh, you know, to a public event like that. But you know, they, they, a lot of them sort of joking between each other. You know, when when Danny Rose went up to have his photo taken with his sponsor, you know, I, I think it was Mal Benning who started it to be fair. So you can always sort of recognise his sort of chuckle. He was going, Danny, Danny Rose. You know, little things like that. It seemed like there's still a bit of togetherness within the squad, which is which is quite a promising thing to you know to you know to notice. So um, you know, let's hope that that is the case, and uh, you know they they take that through to the next two two games. Paul Anderson also a very wise man because he did or he did reference a certain podcast, didn't he? Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, he, he he is very wise, and he knows uh, he knows what good podcasts are out there. So uh, yeah, obviously he. he uh, he spoke about us, which was which was great. And well, uh, I didn't say it was, didn't say it was us. I was just about to say if anyone knows which podcast it is, let us know. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was once a Premiership player. I can't remember who it was now, but you know, a certain podcast out there. Do you know what it is? 
It's not us. No, it's definitely not us. Oh, <laughs> Ma- Magic Sponge. That's the one. Yeah, yeah I love the Magic Sponge. Quality, Jimmy Bullard. <laughs> Jimmy Bullard, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, no, it's, no, in all seriousness, though, it's good to see that there is that togetherness in there. And Did that give you a little glimmer of hope walking away? <laughs> a little bit, but like you say, it's, again... Uh, it's hard to read into because you know they've got to sort of do that aren't they coming into a public event you know like that so it's very difficult to read into it but it does give you a little bit of hope I suppose this week uh, let's move away from first team matters let's move on to the youth team this week because we need to say a huge congratulations to John Dempster and to his under 18 side who've won the EFL Youth Alliance North East Division for a third successive uh, season that in itself is uh, no mean feat as it comes because there are some fantastic talented development sides in there there are and you look at the teams that we've come up against they've all been pretty decent sides and you you can't say we've outclassed a lot of them and you can't say there they might have been a couple of games I, can't, I don't know what the results were but there were a couple of games and you're like probably going to struggle to beat these but we've we've got through the games it, I think I don't want to sound too harsh on this but I think the the senior team can take a lot from the youth team going, oh, I agree. going oh, out yeah. there and oh. playing with passion because you if you watch the highlights from a Bradford game, the goals that they scored, they were celebrating. They were just the, the young lads wear their hearts on the sleeve, and that's because the young lads. It's all they know. They're not. They don't have that calm, collected head that normal football football players have got. And I think your professional players forget that sometimes. They're always too serious. They need to remember that they need to play with passion. They need to do it with for the fans. The, they need to do it for the club. The difference is though is that the young lads are all from around Mansfield so therefore they're playing for their football team whereas in the senior team it's it's a job it's a job yeah, yeah. so therefore it you know this is going to sound harsh sometimes it it doesn't really matter to the players as such whether they they play that well or not because you know, it, it, they'll be still in team next week, sort of thing. Whereas these young lads, it's only just starting for them, and they're playing for their club. And you've only got to look at somebody like Jack Thomas, who came through the youth ranks, and it and it me and it meant so much to him to get into the first team and things like that. I'm just hoping that some of these young young lads can get through to the first team. Well, I certainly think there's uh, scope for that. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But Nathan, I just want to ask you, obviously. You know, we've seen Dempster as, as a player. We've seen him as a captain. As a, he was always a solid centre half. He's been at the club uh, for, for years now, and obviously sort of cutting his teeth in, in youth management. Three titles for him, great on his CV. Would you be tempted? You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this, and uh... not where you think we're going with this. Where are we going with this? <laughs> you know where we're going with this. Future managerial yeah. prospect. No, I, I think. I said four games ago, I think it was around that, I said mm. put him in there now because we had, well, it, it, we needed someone needed changing and I, I still stand by that, that should have happened. Now, I think Flickoff's going to be with us to the end of the season anyway. So then I think it's a different scenario again where you can look at the pool of managers that are available because that season's done, you can draw a line under it and, and it's starting all over again. So then I think he, from Dempster's point of view, he, he can't really do much more. To, to put himself in for the job so he's openly said as well that he's not too fussed about first team management yet he still wants to continue with the mm. youth team developing those players and that's but... fair enough I mean the thing is like in some ways if he went up 
to let, let's say the scenario is Flitcraft does leave at the end of the season and, and, and he gets fired um, as Caroline would put it um, <laughs> then we obviously need to bring a new manager obviously we we spoke about we just spoke about Keith Kerr being a candidate and there may, there may mm-hmm. be some, obviously there probably will be some others out there as well who are um, you know candidates as well who are experienced and possible good choices take Dempster it's a bit more of a risk obviously he's not used to first team but then it's also a big blow for the youth team because you the know, development of our young exactly. players mm. so in some ways do you really want to take away all that work that's been on, been done there to put him in a bit uh, to gamble in him into the first team if there's still good candidates out there but let me come back to you with this we were talking about scenarios earlier we were talking about money and having hands tied if the Radfords turned around and, and were openly honest and said look we've put two years budget into one season here next season we cannot afford to spend money we're going to have to sell a couple of players um, to sort of recoup the losses and Dempster was put in charge knowing that he's had three title wins three successive successful seasons with a young group of players would you be inclined to either A have him as manager bringing some of those youngsters through because they played under him and they know his style or B be an assistant manager to somebody like a Keith Curl again bringing those youngsters through playing the way he can and for me, we've spoken before in the past about how we've never really had that transition from youth team to first team for, for decades since the Liam Lawrence, Craig Disley era. Mm. Now seems like the... I don't want to say that we should be doing this, but now does seem like the prime opportunity, does it not? I think if we haven't got a budget <laughs> next season, I think even more so it's important to get an experienced manager in. Because the reason I'm going to say this, and I get your point, I, I, I and I, I agree with it, and I think it links to what I'm going to say anyway. But Adam Murray managed us, you know, his first sort of, you know, first team senior manager on a shoestring, and it was very difficult for him. Whereas I think a lot of us all said it with a bit of experience and or somebody experienced with him, mm. he probably would have done better. What I did, so I think experience. If you're working on low budget, is going to be so important. And we said again, I'm going to say Keith Curl. Um, he's not probably he's not had a very big budget at Carlisle, and he's done what he needs to do. But with that, somebody like Keith Curl, um, he does like to. Well, he did when he was with us. I don't know about Carlisle, but he liked to get youth team involved. So in some ways, it'd be a perfect match because he's used to work working on a low budget but he wants to involve the youth team and I think that's where there needs to be a close, even closer link and I think it's getting there there needs to be an even closer link between whoever the first team manager is for example Keith Curl who likes to get youth team involved and John Zenster so whether that's an assistant or still in the youth team or they need to be needs to be closer Just on the subject of that you've only got to correct me if I'm wrong you've only got to look at John Coleman at Accrington he's worked on a shoestring budget for years and He's managed, twice at Accrington he's transformed yeah. them and look at them they've been promoted to League One then they're going for a championship who would have thought 10 what 5 6 maybe 7 years ago Sunderland versus Accrington Stanley would <laughs> exactly. be a League One <coughs> fixture football really is a funny old game isn't it well obviously John Dempster did win his third successive uh, title with the under 18s uh, earlier this week many congratulations to him so why not let's hear from the man who's uh, managed to Get Mansfield Town some success this season. Here's the under-18s manager, Don, John Dempster, talking of his pride after securing a third successive title. Delighted for the boys. You know, they've worked hard all season. Um, it's been a real privilege to watch them develop individually. 
over this season and, and last because some of the boys are coming to the end of their second year but like I say it, it, it's been an absolute privilege to be involved with them they, they work hard every day um, I'm on many coaching courses and when I speak to fellow coaches they're looking to produce players with character um, resilience ability and that group in there at under 18 level have been outstanding and you know it goes without saying they've been the best team in the league this season by country mile and it's credit to the academy staff uh, they do a lot of hard work with them every single player has got an individual learning plan it takes time and effort to improve these boys but I'm proud to say that over the two year programme and the boys that have only been in the programme for a year they've developed improved um, without a doubt they're fit boys as well so it allows them to come back in games if they need to but also there's been times this season when we've been two or three up and teams have thrown the kitchen sink at us and we've been resolute and resilient and kept clean sheets if you look at our goals against Colum, it's not just the best in the league it's the best in the country um, which isn't just credit to the goalkeeper and the back four and the other defenders it's a team effort to, to get those kind of results I can't really speak highly enough of the players their parents and family and friends should be very proud of them. Like I say, it's the joy of the job watching them go from boys to men. John Dempster there speaking after winning his third successive title. If you want to watch the uh, full interview and indeed those uh, highlights as the Stags came from behind uh, to uh, to win uh, the, uh, the the youth team, the EFL uh, Youth Alliance North East Division title at mansfieldtown.net forward slash iFollow. Proud man, John Dempster. I'm uh, clearly, clearly delighted, but... Uh, Whilst we talk about things not going right for the first team, you, and we've spoken, Nathan, you said it about sort of integrating the, the, the youth team with the first team. Si, that is actually happening a little bit because David Flickcroft is a manager who does like to bring youth team players through, and that's already uh, been shown. We'll hear from him in a second talking about the youth team, but from that perspective, there is already something sort of starting to happen a little bit more, and that, I guess is one in the positive column for David Flickcroft going forward. Yes, most definitely, yeah, because he does like the, you know, he does like bringing in young lads to, in the first team and things like that. And he's and he's kind of proved that by having Ian Graham on the bench for the last couple of games. Um, I, I would even be tempted to say if, if we don't make the playoffs, I'd, I'd play the young lads against Crawley. I'd, I'd throw a couple of them in just to see, you know, just to show what, to show what John Dempster's done in the youth team, just to kind of give us a, as like first team football fans a, a bit of a appetizer of what's to come with the youth team. I think they deserve it, don't they, Cam? Yeah, and you look at the, some of the games that the youth team played. Obviously, they've been playing in the the youth league, but they've also filled in for or the reserves quite often. They've sent teams out. They've played youth players with senior players that's been quite often this season where they've just needed players from the reserves just to have a little bit more game time, come back from injury so they took youth team players in there to fill the team and they've and they've gone out and been some of the best players on the pitch like played someone like Morecambe not that long ago in the reserves they played reserve. a full strength Morecambe reserves that didn't they yeah, yeah and it just shows the, the ability that the lads have got now and fair enough, Morecambe are swandling down at the end of League Two, but it, it's still going out and putting professional League Two players on their arses. It's it's just a the confidence and the ability that the lads have got now. Just imagine what ability and confidence they'll have in one, two years' time when they make that step up from 
youth team to professional. Well, let's see what David Flickcroft has to say on uh, the development of youth, obviously speaking at this week's press conference. He was asked, uh, obviously, about the youth team's title win. Let's see what he had to say about going forward and mixing the senior side with the youth side. Well, we've had the, we've had the some of the academy last training with us, you know, and uh, Jordan Graham. Now he's in he's, he's in the players' group. Now uh, he trains with us full time, um, and you know he's one that you know it gives me real excitement to uh, to be able to work with him and uh, and to have him involved. And he's he's involved on merit. Uh, I've many you know a lot of conversations with uh, JD and, and Coops on on what the future next season holds and and how we uh, bring that together. Uh, the training ground will be a fundamental part of that. It absolutely will to have the uh, 21s training with us. But you know they've done they've done fantastic this season again, and the work uh, underneath the first team and the foundations that the club's laying uh, will be strong. Will be very strong. Um, now it's you know trying to communicate that plan upwards, and uh, you know we have we we. We watch the youth team uh, a lot more. We need to know what's underneath uh, so that we can build a matrix for the football squad. And um, you know, certainly, um, when when loan signings come in, you've got to ask yourselves: Do you actually need that loan signing, or have you got it underneath already? And uh, I'm not sure that question has been asked before, but certainly we're asking that question now. And um, you know, John Dempster knows. Um, that group inside out and knows the qualities but you know until he's married that up with the first team you don't know how that fits and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to make it fit and um, you know in the future it it absolutely will David Flickcroft speaking to iFollow full interview on mentalworktown.net forward slash iFollow Nathan you were smiling and sort of uh, laughing away to yourself uh, when uh, Flickcroft mentioned uh, the loan situation about not knowing what's underneath you Give us a bit of an insight into, into why. <laughs> it was just a discussion that I was having today with a, a fellow supporter. We were just talking about... Um, I don't know how much to say about this. Really. We, talk, we were talking about... We, the subject was really Matt Penny. And obviously it linked him with the other youth players as well. But um, the supporter, obviously, he... he um, He's a Chef Wednesday. He's quite in with Chef Wednesday as well. And we were just talking about how... Um, <coughs> Sort of Matt Penny's not really been given the opportunity, especially under under Flitcroft. And to be fair, he didn't get that much of an opportunity under under Evans, but he's been given nothing under under Flitcroft. And so much so, he's not actually training with the first yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, he's literally now training with the youth team. And this is a this is Matt Penny who and uh, who under Chef Wednesday was voted as the uh, EFL Youth Player of the Year last year. Has been given a six year contract, which very rarely happens these days as for for a youth player you know he's, he's regarded very highly at at chef wednesday so to be to be here and to be not given a chance and then for him to say and to pretty much back it up in that press conference because you know it just sort of um disappointed me really because it sort of shows that he doesn't want to it, he's well he's quite openly said he, he's not a fan of of lone players he'd rather have his youth team in there whereas the thing is, I I, I totally I, I support that on a normal season basis, but the fact that he came in with twelve games to go, and I think it just you know he's not given Penny a go when he's got potential and got quality, which we needed, and I think it also shows why he didn't play Miller for so long when it was absolutely crying out for him to to get a start. So, you know, I I 
like you said earlier, it's definitely positive under Flitcroft's box that he wants to get in the youth team involved because I, I, I would absolutely love to see that. But um, <laughs> there was so much on stake, at stake for this remainder season for when he took over. I, I think he should have given those, used those loan players that he had at his disposal. Yeah, certainly a disappointing thing. Loads more comments uh, coming in, so let me scan through these and then uh, we'll have a, a quick break to play. Uh, 90 second risk it for a jar of fruit flavoured rock. Yes, somebody went to the seaside over the weekend, so brought some fruit. Fruit flavoured rock. Uh, what? What's so funny about that? Oh, uh, you're right there, Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just right. wondering about you. <laughs> well, I've been well for a very long time. It's I think you've had slow. too much sugar. <laughs> that's it, mate. That's it. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll also hear from CJ Hamilton and from uh, Alex McDonald as well. Let's run through some of these comments. Um, uh, Michael asks, if you were the manager, what players would you A, keep and uh, B, get rid of, C, bring in if you had a, a budget or if you had a non-budget? We'd be there for hours discussing that one, yeah. so we're going to skip past that one, Michael. Uh, Anthony says, players do not need to worry about money. They just need to, uh, to concentrate on their performances on the pitch. Uh, Billy says, I would like to see Sam Wilson uh, come through and challenge for a goalkeeping spot. I hear a lot of good things about him. Seriously could happen uh, with the way, you know... Uh, potential things are um, uh, with in terms of developing the youth team uh, John says seriously think it would be nice to bring some of the uh, under 21s through uh, Roger says yes agree John it wouldn't hurt um, Shelley asks does John Dempster want to be a first team manager I don't think he does I think he's very content with, with what he's mm. got right now Um Anthony re- responds to that by saying that is not going to happen. Johnny's committed to the long-term future of the club. Uh, so that's about Radford. Sorry about that one. Um, Ian says different managing youth players than taking uh, the first. I think it would actually be a disaster if Dempster was to step up. Uh, let's scroll through some more of these comments. Do apologise. I'm skipping through some of them. Um, Liam asks if the stakes. Don't do it this season. Do you lads think top three next season is the aim? Nathan, I'll start with you. It's impossible to say. It depends on what sort of budget, I think, and who's in charge. Yeah, I, don't, yeah I, I couldn't answer that, to be honest. I think we, we'd obviously love it, and I think... I, I, I honestly... She said earlier, do you think Radford will give it a budget next season? Well, my honest opinion is I, I, I think... I think they will. I don't know if it'll be as, as much, but I think they will because I don't think they'll want this season to be a complete disaster and, and just to fail and draw a line under it. I think they want to give it more time than that. So, mm. Top three, I don't know. I, obviously, any club wants to aim for promotion, really, don't they? So it, it depends on who's in charge, what sort of players we've got and what sort of budget, budget we have. And Surely that it'd be a backward step to consolidate there, wouldn't it, Si? Yeah. You've got to, got to go for definitely. the juggly when you've been yeah. competing. Yeah, you, you've got to go for it, otherwise there's no point in being in league, to be honest. So... Top three, yeah, I, w- I would say that John and Carolyn w- would probably be in for that. But, like what Nathan says, it, it's the budget. You know, what budget are they going to give David Flickloff or a new manager? And will he come in and, you know, disrupt the team and get rid of, you know, get rid of a couple of players and bring somebody else in? It's, it's a bit up in air sort mm. of thing you, you can't really but as ambitious as John and Carolyn are which is great I would say yeah they would they would be aiming for a top three 
Time now then to move on and have a little bit of fun. Let's play a competition for a little bit of rock uh, and some biscuits and some other prizes. Uh, it's the last regular podcast of the uh, series next week. Um, so we'll have a bit of an extra competition on that one as well. And then we'll have one more uh, looking back on the season before our memory lane season uh, series starts. <coughs> Just remind me because I've forgotten it's been a long week. Who won last week's... Yeah, I thought it might have been... Um, Cam, you were the winner last week, so you get to choose uh, which order you go in. I'll just quickly explain the rules first. Uh, for the 90-second time. Oh, let's answer the question. Um, basically, you cannot be the person answering the question once the time bomb explodes. Uh, so you've got to get the question right to pass it on to the next player. At the end of the 90 seconds, if you are the player who is being asked a question, you are out. Uh, and then it's between the... Final two to find out the win. The winner this week gets this uh, nice little jar of fruit burst rock pieces, um, 150 grams, lots of sugar, um, and, uh, and the winner also gets to choose which biscuits we have on next week's show. Brought to, brought by the what two losers yeah. of the, the quiz. Who can uh, for? Cam, you are saying you want you, you want to go first. Yeah. Nathan and Simon are both very quiet now because they hate this game and they never yep. win. That's true, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Especially true. me. You've actually won, but I haven't yet. Nathan, I don't think Nathan's Nathan, won, a won a quiz all season. I've won a quiz, but not, not sure? this ninety-second. I'm like, I think the time puts me under pressure, and it, I don't, I don't like under it. Under pressure. Okay. Well, happy. I've made the questions <laughs> harder this week. Great, thanks, thanks for that. So, oh, great. There, there you go. Well, you made them easier for me and these. <laughs> well, it depends on what, uh, what, where, whereabouts you end up in the old thing, doesn't it? But are you ready to play 90 <coughs> second time bomb? Ish. Ish. Probably. Maybe. Here we go. Ish. Three, three, Cam, which shot stopper arrived in the summer of 2000 and finished his playing career with the Stags after an established career with the likes of Blackburn and Rotherham? I'm in a clue. Cam, which Luxembourg international made his professional footballing debut on loan to the Stags uh, from Sheffield United in 2008? A five-game loan spell which included a sending off. Pass. Cam, which South Shields-born midfielder played for the Stags from 2009 to 2011 and appeared on a comedy skit for the club website, cooking a meal naked? Ashley Kane. Incorrect. Cam, who finishes the club's top goal scorer in the 1998-99 oh, season with 19 Pat, goals? Isaac Christie or Lee Peacock? Let oh, me finish oh, the question. Oh, oh, oh. Lee Peacock. Correct. Ah! Nathan. Oh, no. Stuart Watkins and Adam Murray are both former captains who went on to manage the club, but who made more appearances in the amber and blue? Watkins or Murray? Murray. Correct. Come on, Simon. When the Stags were promoted under Watkins in the 2001-2002 season, they were promoted one point clear of which team who also went up through the playoffs? Plymouth. Incorrect. When Keith Kerr took over as player-manager in the following season, how many times did he select himself? Five. Incorrect. Which former Bury and Aberdeen and Red Star Parish frontman... Aided, I've started, so I'll finish... Which former Bury, Aberdeen and Red Star Parish frontman aided the Stags in the 2003-2004 playoff charge with eight appearances and one goal, a winner against Hull City? 
Lauren Jaffo. Correct, I'll give it you. Oh, oh. Which means Cam's in possession at the end of the time, which means Cam is out. Yes. You so actually made them ridiculous. I don't even care about the rest. Like. I, I mean, Can I, I just say, half them questions were literally before I was. Some of them was before I was even born. Oh, excuses. They're valid, <laughs> excuses. Re- they're valid reasons. Can I ask that? If you were a true Sykes fan, you'd know answers. You'd have done your research. <laughs> Who was the chef? Was it Adam Smith or who was it? Uh, the, oh, I'll out. quickly go through the answers. Uh, shot stopper was Bobby Mims. Uh, the uh, the Luxembourg international who made his footballing debut from Sheffield United was Maxime Shannock. Uh, oh South Shields born midfielder. <laughs> the <laughs> naked chef was Stevie Eistedt. Then who did you not? Uh, which ones did you get wrong after that? It doesn't matter. Let's move on. You yeah. can, you're out. Ooh, uh, which dude. means it's between Nathan and Simon uh, for the winner. I mean, Nathan, you are 50-50. You are so close. I think I've even got it so I'm to, happy. To, well, that, that's it. Um, obviously, you, um, Cam was the one who was in possession. Uh, so it's between you two to start. Who wants to go first and second? I'll let Nathan choose. I, I don't know. <laughs> it did what it was coming to me anyway, wasn't it? After yeah, it camp, was, so yeah. we'll just go with that. Okay, not, so not Nathan, really it is on you. Nathan, you are Nathan, you are ninety <laughs> seconds away from your first ever ninety yeah. second time bomb win. Here we go. Ah. Three, not ready. Two, two one, one, zero. Who scored the first and only goal against Luton Town in the Stakes FA Trophy semi final first leg in twenty eleven? First and only goal in the first leg. <sighs> Don't know, is it? <laughs> um, I don't know, Prisco. Yeah, no, Incorrect. From the One Call Stadium, which is furthest away, Exeter City or Yeovil Town? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, Exeter? Correct, Simon. Oh. Stallion Wink is an anagram of which current midfielder? Stallion Wink is an anagram of which current midfielder? Stallion Wink. God. Stallion Wink is an anagram of which current midfielder? Will Atkinson? Correct, Nathan. Oh. Which central defender scored more, Luke Jones or Reese Day? Ooh. Oh, well, Reese Day was here longer, but Jones got quite a few. Oh. Um, <laughs> Day. Correct, Simon. Yes, come on. Who won the Stags Player of the Season award in 2010-2011, Briscoe or Marriott? No. Briscoe. Correct. Damn it. Nathan. <laughs> Eisden Christie had two spells at the Stags in the late 90s, early noughties, but which club did he play for between the spells? Oh my days, I don't know, Carlisle. Incorrect, Quick. who was the Stags' first ever goal scorer outside of the Football League and in the 2-2 draw away at Ebsfleet United? Was it Michael Blackwood or was it Paddy Gamble? Blackwood. Correct. Paddy Gamble? Simon. <laughs> Simon. I mean, I <laughs> Simon. I started the question. No, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> what is it? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Here on eighth. You can have them. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Let's give Nathan a round of applause. His first ever win. I'm going to be honest. Um, Nathan, I felt a little bit bad for you. Um, I knew that one what, anyway. What, what, what question was. anyway? What actually was the other answer? It wasn't. I added in the Paddy Gamble thing to give you the question. Oh, what a, what a shambles. Oh, well, uh, luckily I knew that one anyway. But well, mate, I, felt I should hope you did. What, what was my question going to no, be? No, I mean even about the Gamble. What was your question going to be? Um, which Pretty club smart. legend was born in Wakefield in, 1990, in 1977 and became a hit in the early noughties following a loan spell term permanent from Manchester City? 
Uh, that would have been would have been Chris Green. It would have been Chris Green. Yeah, this would have been over your head. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no violence on this show, Nathan. Congratulations. Let's uh, address a little bit of business first. Uh, you've obviously got yourself um, some uh, some fruit flavored rock. But which biscuits would you like Simon to buy, and which biscuits would you like Cam to buy? Oh, I don't even think think through this. Right. Um, so I bought them for the last two weeks, so I need some cheap ones. <laughs> Give him some like dairy milk or something. <laughs> Looks like a biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, let's go with Cadbury's or whatever. Uh, chocolate fingers. We've had them for a while, have we? So chocolate fingers and. Um, Oh, we like cookies, don't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah. One for the group, so some cookies. Okay, pay well, You two can uh, <laughs> fight it out amongst yourselves on who buys what. But next cookies. week, uh, we expect uh, oh. some uh, chocolate <laughs> fingers and some cookies. Nathan, straight into the fruit, fr- like fruit flavored rock. Uh, rock. Straight in. If he can, he's going to end up smashing oh the glass God. everywhere. Uh, and Roger in the comments says, uh, "Well done, Nathan," and uh, that he got Will Atkinson before you did. Uh, before you did something. what an anagram we thought Randy Wanton yeah, was a great anagram Randy, he, he wasn't under pressure with the 90 seconds was he <laughs> <laughs> alright defence we just got you lost again <laughs> oh, I dear. don't care I'll beat Nate I'll beat Cam I'll beat Cam so I don't care well, <laughs> there, you go. there you go Nathan's got into it nobody wants any of that is there, oh, a, right, is there a plastic so. thing to stop it it's fake it's fake no it's not it's yeah good. it's plastic rock really. yeah. plastic rock is not real I can't do this uh this, uh, no one Go on, I'll have some. Oh, I, br- I, br- I bloody brought him, so I'll have some. Let's, can Come we on, break what? it away? God, it's, uh, like, it's like feeding time at zoo. <laughs> whilst we are, <laughs> I, I'm not taking it off. But whilst we uh, try and smash up this rock and have a bit of rock each, here's what Alex McDonald's had to say on uh, the current situation at the club and if the Stags can make the League Two playoffs. Here's the thoughts of Alex McDonald. Oh, we've looked at videos, we've watched footage, um, we've gone through each game thoroughly uh, as players and, and, with, and with the management staff. And you know, if there was a thing that we could put our finger on we'd have definitely done that by now and you know we're, we're trying as hard as we can we're on the training ground we're looking at clips if you look at back in the games and you know Saturday was a prime example of that if we if we take our chances you know the the, the league position is, is completely different to what it is at the minute the manager's been you know it's he's been brilliant you know since he's came in and I know the results haven't really gone the way that we all hoped and and wanted them to go but you know the the thoroughness in his work and how much attention to detail that he pays into you know into his training sessions, into his analysis, into his pre-game analysis is you know is, is first and on. I mean, I've worked under some good and successful managers under my time, and he's certainly up there with them. It's just unfortunate that we as players and uh, and as, as a group can't put that together and come up with some positive results. Really, that that we've all been all been striving for. It, it's going to be one of them where it's it's it's, it's how much we want it. Um, you know, it's it's been there for the whole games and for the for the game since the manager's been there. But it's just it's just really taking our chances. We're, we're creating some really good chances at the minute, and you know, if if we take them at certain points in games, you know, it's it's an old cliche in football that goals change games. And you know, I, I certainly believe if we if we put two and three past people, then you've seen what it's, it's done to teams like Barnet and Newport when they've come here. Alex McDonald there speaking to the club earlier this week. If you want to watch that, in fact, today that was Alex McDonald speaking to the club. Uh, if you want to watch that in full, uh, mansfieldtown.net forward slash I follow. It was talking about the players watching the videos, the DVDs, and trying to put the finger on what was going wrong. And the one thing which sort of um, highlighted to me throughout that cam was there's just a bit of dejection in his voice, a little bit about, oh, we, we don't know what it is, we can't figure it out, and a bit of frustration and dejection. 
I was saying you can, the players have been working hard and you can see that fair enough look, we haven't always got the results but they've been working hard in games not everyone's been pulling their weight but the the main lads that have been pulling their weight you can see that they are trying they are still striving for trying to push themselves further trying to chase every ball and it's just not everything's clicking on the pitch so you can understand the, the frustration the players are getting because obviously they've come in and they've been up. They've had the old Steve Evans talk. They've been fed this. Oh, we're going to get promotion. He's walked out on them, so they're still going to feel a bit dejected from that. They've had a new guy come in. Everything's different. The other way, the style of play and everything. It might not quite suit them, but they're still trying their best. And it's not not always coming off, but it's still something we can work on. There's two games left. It's in his own hands. Yeah. Um, what I did like about that interview was Maka actually saying that the players need to take some responsibility and it's not all down to the manager why they're not getting the results and why they're not playing well because obviously he's just said there that you know training sessions are brilliant you know he's he's never worked with some well he's worked with some good manager in his time and they all in he seems to be one one of them up there and you know he's he's turned around and said it's a shame we can't perform for him on the pitch sort of thing the way that he wants us to perform sort of thing and get results which I kind of like because he's taking you know he's he's saying that the team need to take some responsibility for what's happening and for me that's that's good and you would say that he's probably one of the influential figures within the mm. dressing room Nate wouldn't you so do you think maybe there might be I know it seems what about looking reverse psychology wise because we've got to win both our games and hope that other teams slip up so it's in the realms of possibility it does seem quite impossible but in those situations when the pressure is so much on you sometimes it's actually off you as well do you get what I'm saying yeah do you think that he might be able to to rally and who knows get a bit of macka magic well I think the one thing is with McDonald's that in the last couple of games he's fought, he has started get a bit of his form back hasn't he and a bit of confidence which is I'm I'm very glad to see because for a lot of the season we've, we've been calling him you know Mr Mansfield he's been the one that's you know been the one consistent player that you'd have in your team really he was the one that was sort of pulling everything together and he was disappointed when he did drop off form but players that does happen doesn't it and it can be a confidence thing so hopefully a good couple of performances uh, under his belt will give him a bit of self-belief and um you know, take that into the next two games, and like you say, I mean, technically the the pressure is on on, on Coventry on on um, on Saturday to you know to go and get a result because if they don't, and, and we do, you know, it's, it's it, like I say it's a completely different ball game then. So for us, obviously the pressure because it's win or nothing. But I don't know what's worse to be. Is it worse to be needing a win or not to lose? Because sometimes, like you say, you. If you play not to lose, that's when you're probably uh, at danger of losing. So it's, it swings around about, really. It's a long. It, it does seem like so many permutations that it's just seemingly impossible. You spoke about confidence at the start of that, Nathan. One person who has blossomed in confidence, both under Steve Evans and under David Flickcroft, to be fair, is that of CJ Hamilton. He was speaking at this morning's press conference. Let's hear what uh, the man who's fast as lightning, it's frightening, has to say. 
it's been a weird season if you say like look at it because we've been in so many good positions this season and kind of killed ourselves by not getting the results that we need to and like when we're, we're doing well we're doing well but when it's not going our way we kind of fade away from it I think it's been a lot better than my first season I think I've done a lot more on the pitch got a lot more game time like it's made my place in the team a lot more contributed to the team a lot more with goals and assists so hopefully um, I can bring more at the end of the season I think attacking sense like trying to pick someone out now I'm looking up a lot more and uh, my defensive duties have got a lot better since the new guy has come in he's been helping me out so much like we stay out and we do extra one-to-one sessions like he's getting me to the byline let me pick out areas and show me which areas I should be hitting when I'm in different areas of the pitch so like if I'm closer to the byline either can I hang it up or cut it back he noticed it straight away and he wanted to work with me and he's literally been like two three times a week out there with me CJ Hamilton who doesn't just run as fast as Lightning he talks as fast <laughs> as Lightning as well <laughs> watch that in full although blink and you'll miss it uh, mansfieldtown.net forward slash I follow for that he spoke there Cam about the manager working one to one with him getting in those situations I suppose it shows that you know he, the areas where Mansfield can influence the game, Flickcroft is trying to do that little bit extra to try and make it happen. Exactly, and you look, you look at our playing, which is so dangerous down the wings. You look, you've got Alex McDonald one side, CJ Hamilton the other. Both can pick out a decent cross. Both very influential players, and on their day, they can cause absolutely any team absolute havoc. So. I think it's good that because CJ, like you said, he didn't have the greatest season when he first came, but he, he's improved over time and he's now starting to hit some real, real good form. And just hope that the rest of the players pick up on the little things. Um, it's it is a confidence thing, but I think it's down to whether the players want it or not as well. And CJ is one of the players that do want it. And I, I think I, if he can get the rest of the players to be on side with him, then. I think we can get to where CJ wants us to be. I think he could be a very big player for us over the next couple of seasons. What I really like him, and a lot of a lot of fans supporters are critical of him because of his final product um, of sort of picking out that that player, you know, pinpointing those crosses, sort of thing, and and in his finishing as well. To be fair, so. But what the thing is, what I really like about him is <laughs> you look at the difference from where he was a year ago to where he is now, and you'd. you'd you know, I probably say myself, he's been the the most progressed player, most developed player uh, in that space of time by quite quite a long way. So that's all you can really ask of a player is for them to work on their weaknesses and get better. And um, he's got the natural attributes there for a good winger. You know, especially the fact that he's he is lightning. And if he can work on those weaknesses, like he's cl- quite clearly working hard to do, and he is getting better at, if he carries on development, he's still pretty young. He, he could be a really good player for us uh, especially I think he already is but he could be even better over the next couple of years if we keep him and carry on developing the way he is doing top flight potential Si hmm yeah if he carries on the way he is you know there's no reason why he can't he can't go higher than you know league two hopefully he'll go higher with us well you know <laughs> love it to have him one day. <clears throat> yeah and the, the place we've got to start doing that I mean it does seem for me personally hand on heart my heart will always say we've got a chance, but my head says it's too late now. And we started playing football 10 games too late and we've got to go to, to Yeovil and hope. It's a long way 
to Govel. Let's go down there and, and give it absolutely everything. Mm. Let's wrap things up on the football inside of things uh, with these couple of comments um, from Callum, first and foremost. Just remember, guys, Coventry lost 6-2 to Yeovil the other week. It's League 2. Anything can happen. There is still hope. Come on, you stags. And Roger says, cannot predict the results in this league. Hope there's a twist in the tail in favour of the stags. And knowing, you know, as we've always said for year upon year, there's an easy way, a hard way, and a Mansfield bloody town way. So who knows what might happen when Saturday comes. Uh, two games to go. The Stags need to win on Saturday and hope that Coventry lose. That will put them on equal points. Uh, they'll then need to better Coventry's result next weekend. Uh, and Coventry, obviously, over the next two games, face Cheltenham away on Saturday and then Morecambe at home on the final game of the season. Stags could still catch Lincoln as well, but they're on a bit of a roll. Obviously, the Cowleys have just uh, had a contract extension uh, announced earlier this evening. So that's... That will give them a little bit of extra momentum going into a crunch game on Saturday for them when they travel to Accrington Stanley, who need a draw to become the league champion. So big one in that one. I would just say this. Let's focus on uh, what Mansfield Town do and don't care about anything else. Mm. I think we said it probably four or five weeks ago, didn't we, that as long as we gave you absolutely everything from here on in to the end of the season, we would be happy we can discuss all about managerial changes in the summer we can discuss about that going into next season as well but in the here and now David Flickcroft is the Mansfield Town manager he's got the players at his disposal it's up to them to go and show what they can do and it's up to him to put together a side which can go and deliver it mm-hmm. it's a long bloody way to Yeovil four <laughs> hour drive there four hour drive back I do not want to be driving home having been beaten I want to drive home in the satisfaction that Mansfield Town have put in a display and given it their all for the travelling supporters who are going to go down there. Let's end things on oddballs tonight. Then at the start of the show, I gave you three former players in Fergus Bell, Daniel Alfie, and Alex Fisher, who've all played for both sides. But who is the oddball in that lineup and why? Nathan, you thought you had an idea. Give us reminders of that idea. I said Fisher and Bell. Um, I gave two reasons, really. Alfie came on loan to us from Swansea. I think it was anyway and um, Fisher and Bell signed permanently and they previously played abroad before coming to us well one of those two reasons is right give me one of them obviously there's no right or wrong answers in I'm this game but the, the reason that I'm looking for one of those is right Alfa uh, no let's try again Bell and Fisher came from abroad oh you were so close to getting another win I've run uh, the, right, an- anyway. the answer mm-hmm. I was looking for uh, was uh, Daniel Alfa is the only one of the three who didn't signed permanently for the sakes he was on loan mm. so there you go and obviously Alex that. you could have also had Alex Fisher is also a current player at, at Yeovil mm. as well but like I say there's no right or wrong answers in this <coughs> just before we end uh, tonight then as well obviously on uh, Wednesday night uh, me Simon Nathan and Cam will be meeting up with a former Stags player uh, in the form of Ian Bowling, a former Stags goalkeeper uh, of course from the mid 90s to the uh, to the noughties We'll be sitting down with him and taking a trip down memory lanes for the first episode of our brand new season, which is going to be raising money also for the Alzheimer's Society, who do fantastic work for people living with dementia. Obviously, as always, we want you guys to get involved. Now, we must stress a couple of things here. First and foremost, it will not be live on Wednesday night. It's going to be a pre-recorded programme which goes out in the summer. But that doesn't mean that you can't get involved. There are a couple of ways which you can do so. On this Facebook page, you can either leave us a comment. We've actually got a a post on our Facebook page at the moment where we're asking for your questions. Leave your questions for Ian Bowling, for us to ask Ian Bowling on your behalf 
there. You can tweet us at MTFC Matters uh, or you can send us a direct message as well. Get involved uh, with that. The week after that, we're going to be sitting down with Bobby Hassel, uh, former Stags defender, of course. Uh, we've got plenty of great guests lined up uh, as well. If you're an individual who wants to sponsor an individual episode, you can do so uh, for £50. Uh, obviously, it all goes to, towards the charity. Let us know on that one uh, as well. Some great guests. And if you've enjoyed watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, no matter what you do, uh, please do uh, support us. Our link is on our Facebook page to our GoFundMe page. Um, we are making this series happen out of our own pocket, um, so we would appreciate some support from you guys if you've enjoyed watching uh, or listening uh, as well. Please uh, go ahead and uh, do that, whether it's a pound or whatever. Basically, if every person who watched or listened to this podcast gave us one pound, we would smash our target in absolutely no time whatsoever. So please do give uh, if you can. It's for a fantastic cause who support um people suffering well not suffering living with uh, dementia um, and as part of that as well I'm actually going to be visiting a local dementia support group uh, we'll be filming that and doing some interviews on that uh, as well uh, it's also in partnership with the Mansfield chat as well so you'll be able to read some interviews in there lots coming up and to top it all off at the at the sort of start of July ish Ish is coming back into play. <laughs> Ish, maybe, probably. 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 Ish. We will be reuniting the champions of 2012-13, the side who won promotion from the conference to the Football League. The manager, Paul Cox, is going to be with us. He'll also be a guest on the uh, the series. We'll also be reuniting some of the ex-players, some fantastic players from that series. And that one will be live. Venue to be confirmed, or, although touch wood, we are 99% confident it will be at the One Call Stadium. Uh, there'll be donations on the door for that more details on that when we have it but please do support our projects throughout the summer just because the full time whistle is going to blow on this Skybet League 2 season doesn't mean uh, that uh, the whistle will, will blow on uh, the Mansfield Matters podcast why? well simply because Mansfield Matters and you know we always want to keep hearing those stories as well don't we guys so uh, so there you go yeah. looking forward to meeting up with, with Ian Bowling Nath I imagine it's uh, uh, maybe at the start of, of your stage watching career would that be fair? Yeah it was very very unlike I started coming sort of 99 sort of time so, so he was, was just right. dropping out the side yeah then, he, he was so um, like I say but um, oh, you know, I know, oh. I know of him and, and, and you weren't even a thought <laughs> <I know. laughs> so we're relying on you Si a little yeah. bit for, 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 for oh, one what's God. your memories of, of Ian Bowling? Um, the only one that I can ever remember is I, I remember him breaking his fingers in a game and he having him strapped up and having like a glove specially made so he can play like the next game you know the, the old time football you know there were none of this I've broken leg I'm going to have like six months off strap it up <laughs> just, just strap it up play on well, we'll, and that's what Ian were like so we'll, we'll talk more about that with Ian on Wednesday and if you're lucky we might give you a and I mean teensy uh, preview on Thursday's show Thursday night for the regular podcast Facebook.com forward slash MTFC Matters 6.30 uh, Probably, probably. Uh, Where we <laughs> won't be here This is actually going to be the last show we're actually doing in this room Because next Thursday Weather permitting, touch wood We're actually going to be at Nathan's house Where we would have been last week if we have been in the bleeding country Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, We'll be outside at Nathan's house Where guys 
You need to bring a change of clothes because this is entirely Nathan's idea. The loser. I should have saved my win for the next one. Oh no. Sorry, you said you don't do it. I'm doing I'm coming with you. The loser of next week's quiz will be diving into the uh, into Nathan's hot tub. We won't be doing the podcast oh. from Nathan's uh, uh, podcast. The loser of the quiz will be diving into Nathan's hot tub fully clothed. And there's a twist in the tale. All season, you three have hated me for coming up with these quizzes. It is down to you three. I, If you come up with some questions, I will take on the loser's of next week's quiz in a battle to see who ends up in the hot tub. So it might not be any I, of you end up in there. I it think we ought to just do a quiz master's quiz. <laughs> just to add into it as well, I might actually turn my hot tub off and put <laughs> ice in it instead. So it ice it an well. ice bath. Yeah, why not? Oh, I've done that Nathan, before. I used uh, to like you. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, so make sure you stay tuned uh, for that. Obviously, we'll be posting some pictures. We might do a little bit of a Facebook Live uh, on Wednesday with Ian Bowen, but we're not going to make any promises whatsoever on that. The next regular podcast will be on Thursday night, 6.30. Ish. On this Maybe. Facebook page. Probably. Facebook.com forward slash... Uh, NCFC matters. Thank Might you. Do. Maybe. Uh, I don't get to say it very often. Um, thank you, every single one of you who's watched, who's commented on all these shows throughout the, the season. Uh, we've really enjoyed your company. We ain't going anywhere. No matter whether we win, lose, or draw, we'll always turn up here on a Thursday, probably, uh, to have these discussions <laughs> simply because to every single one of us, Mansfield Town really does matter. My name's Craig Priest, he's Cam Felton, he's Simon Mercer. Over in the far corner with the uh, fruit flavoured rock is Nathan Edge. Until next time, good night. Bye, Chesterfield. Oh, yeah, bye bye, Chesterfield as well. Enjoy uh, the conference. Bye. Don't go away. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.